you're listening to this right now, it's more than likely because you read the caption and you want to know why I decided not to take my life on October 23rd of 2017. Right now I know there's a lot of background noise and I apologize for that. I'm still trying to figure out how to exactly run a podcast, but I know that I want to do it because I know I'm not the only person out there that has a similar story to this. And I just want to make sure that people know that it's okay and that you're not the only one in this world that is feeling the way that you are right now. And I want to talk about how I got through that and how it's still a struggle every single day, but I'm working through it because you have to. And until I get a proper editing app or device or something like that, the audio is also going to be very choppy because I'm going to pause it throughout to avoid you guys hearing me either cry on camera or something similar to that. Well, not on camera, but record myself crying because that's sad and I don't want this to be sad. I want this to be happy, but I figured that people need to know the truth and it's about time that I finally come forward and talk about it. So if you're willing to listen, I do appreciate it. If not, and if by some chance you're a family member or someone that's close to me, I wouldn't exactly recommend listening to this. Or if you have struggled with depression yourself, please listen at your own risk. I'm just talking about my story and I would appreciate it if good things came out of this, not bad. So let's get started. Before I go into detail of all the reasons why I wanted to and all the reasons why I didn't take my own life, um, there are a few things you guys should probably know about me. I am 18 years old and when I, four years ago, I had a little girl, so I am 18 mom, and I was in a very toxic relationship with her father for a very long time. I am a domestic violence survivor, and I've always struggled with depression. I was victimized by bullying throughout my high school career until the last two years and I've always tried to be extroverted but I have very introvert tendencies and I don't like people getting close to me because I know what it feels like when that person leaves and I am deathly scared of getting hurt again and that's just what you really need to know for this. I'm sure I'll probably talk about more aspects of my personality and what makes me me, but that's all you really need to know going into this. So without further ado, let's talk about all the reasons why I decided not to kill myself. <laughs> because that's what 
this podcast is for right now is for me to talk about what took me out of my depression even though I still struggle with that and just talk about all the reasons why I should be happy right now (laughs) and should be thankful that I'm still here. (laughs) All of this really starts at the summer of 2016, a year before I really decided that I wanted to end my own life and all of the events that led up to it. I really don't recommend listening to this if you know me personally because it's going to really put things into perspective and explain why I act the way I act or if you really do care about me it's probably not going to be easy to listen to this but I just need to get all of this out there now because it's been such a weight on my shoulders and I appreciate you wanting to listen but I don't recommend it because it's a lot. So the summer of 2016 was a very interesting time frame. It was my freshman year of school and I found out that I was pregnant. And that's just a complete head trip considering I was 14 years old finding out that I was pregnant by some kid that I barely knew. And mind you, it more than likely was my fault because I was not thinking of consequences to my actions. And as soon as I found out, I knew I was, I I was really, really happy, but I was 14 years old finding out that I was pregnant. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't even a person yet. Sure, at that time I thought I was and I thought I could handle it. But I was 14 years old. What were you doing when you were 14? Ask yourself that. And then imagine that you just found out that you were going to have a child. And before that I had a lot of friends in my opinion. I always was a social butterfly, you could say, and everything changed. Now, as soon as I found out, I knew that I really couldn't tell anyone, so I only told people that I thought were close to me about me knowing that I was pregnant, and one of those people then decided to tell the whole entire field hockey team at my school so I never got the chance to come out about it which sounds like not that big of a deal but I wanted to tell people on my own terms and I never got that because I told someone that I trusted that I was pregnant at 14 years old and they told the whole entire field hockey team and then they uh, pretty much told the whole entire school. So by the time September rolled around, I had to go to school and everyone was talking about it. Everyone was talking about how I was such a whore, how I 
was just not even a person anymore. I was just a slut and I was not worth anyone's time. How I must sleep with everybody and I, before I was pregnant, I was always in extracurricular activities. I used to play volleyball for my school. I used to be high up in student government. I was the president of my class for two years, consecutive two years, and I I, I really was involved in my school and I cared a lot about it. And that was one thing that I always prided myself on was how involved I was in the school because I felt like that was my purpose. And everything changed. The minute I found out I was pregnant, I knew everything was going to change, but I didn't realize how drastically everything was going to change and it was really hard during that time span and all the events that happened between September of 2016 to October of 2017 really would change my worldview on just how rotten and evil people can be. Now, I always considered myself an optimist. I, I always considered seeing the world with through fairy tale eyes, I guess you could say, where I always thought you give people the benefit of the doubt. No one will ever really want to hurt you. Everyone just wants what's best for you, and that's not true whatsoever. And I realized that within that time frame and it really it still has effects to this day because now I consider myself more of a pessimist and hence why I'm naming this podcast series right now um the pessimistic optimist because that's something that I struggle with is finding the difference between when you can be optimistic about life and when you can be pessimistic. So I consider myself more of a realist at this very moment in time, which I really don't think people should have labels for that, but I guess there are labels as with everything. Like a few of my labels are, or at least during that time frame, was whore, slut, 14 and pregnant instead of 16 and pregnant because she couldn't wait and I just don't understand why when I ended up getting pregnant everyone shamed me for it because in my small high school everyone was performing in those extracurricular activities if you know what I'm talking about and I just ended up quote-unquote suffering the consequences of it and not that my daughter is a consequence my daughter is my world and I love her with all my heart and all my soul and I am so thankful to have her in my life 
but this is why I'm making the podcast because I almost left her behind in this world and I can't seem to forgive myself for that and this is scheduled to go out on the day that I tried to kill myself and I was so excited to make this podcast I was extremely ecstatic over oh my goodness I'm gonna have my own podcast and then I realized that I should talk about this and that's when I decided that I was going to release this episode on the day that I wanted to kill myself. Now this is scheduled to come out on October 23rd of 2019 and I will talk about in later episodes everything that has happened since that day and why I think that right now I'm on a good path at least or I hope I am but first I have to talk about why I wanted to end my life and once I get that out of the way then we'll see where this podcast goes but let's start talking about it now and stop avoiding it Mary come on I guess the hardest part about being 14 years old and being pregnant is that a lot of people that you thought that were close to you during that time frame completely abandoned you. And I never realized how people will just leave your life because it convenience them or because they don't want to be seen with you. And I understand that now that everyone's replaceable. I'm replaceable. And before that, I wasn't. And then I just was. I was someone that you could throw away and no one would really care. And the first week of going back to school was the hardest. Because I walked in and I never really had people stare at me but people were staring and then they were staring at my stomach that wasn't even there yet I was still me I was still Mary but they just were staring at me as if I was some sort of freak as if the circus just walked in and since that very moment I've always been very self-conscious and self-aware of my appearance, how I look, and if someone stares too long, I think it's because I'm doing something wrong, or I look ridiculous, or it's because my weight, or it's because my hair's not right, or it's because I'm not wearing makeup, and my self-confidence right now is paper thin. I act like it's not, but it really is, and I'm very self-aware wherever I go and walking in those doors that first day back was torture I walked to my locker and I could hear all the seniors talking about hey do you know who the um do you know who Mary Patterson is do you know who 
because at that time I was just freshman. No one really knew me, so I could blend in a little bit, but it didn't take long for people to figure it out. And they were saying, did you hear that there's some girl in the freshman class that's pregnant? Oh my God, what a slut. And remarks like that, I, I learned to tone them out, but then there was this one moment where I was in the bathroom, and it sounds like I'm reciting something out of a movie, but it's not. This was my high school experience. I was sitting in the bathroom in between classes because I didn't want to be in the hallway, so I was kind of hiding myself away, and... These two junior girls ended up coming into the bathroom and talking about how I was such a whore. And, well, it's always the good ones that you have to watch. And just completely bashing me and they didn't know I was in there. And I've never held in tears more than that moment. And... For the following months, I didn't want to go to school. I skipped a lot of days and I made up excuses saying that it was health related, but it wasn't. I didn't want to go to school because I didn't want to feel like a circus freak anymore. I didn't want to find out every single day when I went into school that someone new was saying something about me. I didn't want to go to school and just have people smile to my face and talk about me behind my back about oh my goodness she's not going to be able to handle this I never would have expected it from her who would have known that sweet innocent Mary is such a whore and I think one of the last straws would have had to been I always went to the football games at my school and it was one of the games leading up to homecoming and I decided that I wanted to go because like every other year I always went to all of the football games I always went to majority of the sports games although if you ask anyone they won't be able to tell you that because I guess I blended in up until that moment and I was sitting on the bleachers outside on some September day, it was cold. And the minute I sat down, I could hear the senior girls behind me making jokes about me, acting as if I was some sort of freak. And at that time, I didn't even have a, my pregnancy belly showing. I, I was still only a couple months pregnant. And they were sitting behind me saying, isn't that the 14-year-old that got knocked up? Wow, she couldn't have at least been smart about it. Listen, we all like having sex, but she couldn't have at least protected herself. Come on, now look at her. And it was very difficult to hear. And I just felt so small in that situation. I don't even know who these girls were because for the majority of my freshman year of school, I wasn't at school. 
and I, the bullying ended up getting so bad that I asked my doctor if I could just stay home because all of the stress kept on showing signs that I was going to miscarry. And the doctor agreed that for my best interest and for my daughter's best interest that I just study at home. And I always acted as if nothing was wrong, but it wasn't just the stuff at school that was going on that really hurt me. My daughter's father also, during this time frame, was living with me at that time. He ended up moving in because he had nowhere else to go, or at least we thought he had nowhere else to go in. In my family, when no matter the circumstances, you have to step up and own whatever is going on in your life. And if that is being a teen parent, then my, my family is very supportive and I'm thankful for that. And I wish I opened up to them more because they deserve to know, but I just kept suffering in silence because I thought that my life was just too hard and I didn't want to feel like a burden on anyone, so I kept to myself. I didn't tell anyone what was going on. I always put a smile on my face. And then I started changing my appearance, thinking that that would make me feel better, that I'd be able to blend in. I have really dark brown hair, almost black, and I slowly kept on bleaching it and bleaching it because my daughter's father said, that I would be so much more attractive with blonde hair. I'd be so much more attractive if I did this. I would be so much more attractive if I did that. People wouldn't bully you if you just look different. People wouldn't hate you if you just look different. Oh my God, you are so fat. Like, it's one thing to be pregnant. It's another thing to just keep eating non-stop and I was sad and I've never been so self-conscious about my weight and it really left an imprint because I still have body issues or at least I think that I am I I'm disgusting I still have that mindset and I don't know how to deal with it. I know I'm not hideous like he said that I am, but I still feel like I am. I still feel like I shouldn't go out in public because it's an inconvenience to everyone else, but I'm working through it. And I only have one photo of when I was pregnant because I felt like I was such an inconvenience to the world that my pregnancy, me bringing life into this world, was some terrible act. Now, I'm not saying that teen pregnancy is a good thing because it's not. It's a really hard path but 
you could at least just give these girls a break. They'd really appreciate it. They already have to deal with it enough at home. And quote-unquote being a disgrace to their family. And a lot of teen moms go through a lot of their suffering in silence. And maybe not just teen moms. I only know from my experience, but I have a feeling that young dads also go through similar stuff. Although from my experience, if a guy gets a girl pregnant in high school, they get rewarded for it. And all of their friends are like, oh my gosh, yes. Like if a guy has sex in high school and it results in a pregnancy, people glorify, oh my goodness, you're going to make such a great dad. But if a girl does, they're demonized and made out that they are a whore and they are just not worth time or space. And that's messed up. Back to what I was saying earlier, I just felt like my existence wasn't worth anything. And I didn't tell anyone what was going on. I just went out into the world and with a happy face and I was smiling and acting as if everything was okay, but I only have one photo of me with my pregnancy belly out because for my whole entire pregnancy all I did was wear sweatpants and hoodies. I didn't dress up. I never made myself feel confident about it. So no one knew outside of school that I was pregnant because I hid it. I wore baggy clothes. I dressed like a freak. I never put makeup on. I made myself look worn down and sad because I was worn down and I was sad. I stopped eating or I only ate the bare minimum because her father would constantly tell me how much weight I have been gaining and just making it really hard. And my daughter was born on March 31st of 2016. And up until that point, my daughter's father never laid his hands on me, but he would constantly hold over my head that I wasn't good enough. And he cheated on me a lot. He left to go party and just, I guess, be a quote-unquote normal teenage kid when I was at home feeling like I was a waste of space. And that was really difficult too, but I couldn't tell anyone. And then my close friends, they didn't want to come over anymore because I was always sad or they didn't want to come over because he was here and they didn't like him. So I was left alone with him all of the time. And being 14 years old and pregnant and being alone is just exhausting. I felt like my family didn't care about me because 
I isolated myself from them because my daughter's father told me that they didn't care about me. And I, I shouldn't be blaming all of this on him. I should have known better, but when you're 14 years old, you are very impressionable. And it doesn't help when you think this person loves you when they don't. They just love the idea of you. And they want to control you. And when I was in the hospital having my daughter, he was not there with me. And my entire pregnancy was very stressful. I was in and out of the hospital at least 13 times because I constantly had complications. I was always sick. I had really terrible morning sickness. I had chronic nosebleeds. I um, ran the risk of miscarrying because I have positive blood and she has negative blood. And there was also a point in the pregnancy when the doctor told me that there was a possibility that she could have Down syndrome. And that was the hardest part of it because I thought that I did something wrong. I thought that, wow, she's going and there's nothing against people that have down syndrome i i just didn't know what to do and then they were asking me if i wanted to have an abortion because of it and i didn't know how to respond growing up in a christian household you just don't do that and on top of being 14 years old and pregnant, there was a high risk that she could have had Down syndrome. And they were asking me in front of her father and my mother if I wanted to terminate my pregnancy. Of course, I said no. And they did a lot more tests and they ended up finding out that she wasn't she didn't have Down syndrome. And it was just a very long two months of waiting to find out that information. And every time I went to a doctor's office, people in the waiting room would always look at me as if I was a freak show. And it took me right back to walking through the halls of high school. And it's always that look on people's face of disgust when they see me. Or at least when they did see me during that time. And I just felt so alone. And I didn't know how to act. Shortly after my daughter was born is when things at home did not get any better. I knew I wasn't happy in the relationship with my daughter's father because every time I was in the hospital, I would find out that he would be cheating on me 
There was also a Facebook page for the longest time up with a picture of me with my Facebook profile picture. And on top of it, someone wrote whore. And they were posting, acting like me. And I was in the hospital when that happened. And they were just saying awful things about me. And it just reading all of the hate. I've never felt so targeted in my life. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. And I was in the hospital for three days. I was having every complication I could have had. And the hospital ended up sending me home while I was in labor. And on the day that I actually went to go have her on March 31st, my daughter's father was down with friends getting high. And my mom and I had to call him because I was in excruciating pain and I was all alone. No one was home with me. I couldn't get to the phone. I, I thought I was going to die. And I know that sounds dramatic because it was just child labor, but I really did think I was going to die. And we had to pick him up and then go to the hospital. And within 10 minutes of being at the hospital, after three days of being in labor, I had her. And she, she was beautiful, but the doctor ended up saying that if I was in labor for even 15 more minutes, my body would have given out and I would have died. And my little girl wouldn't have made it. And that was the hardest thing to hear. And I was more concerned with making sure that her father was there to see her be born than I was about my own health and my daughter's well-being. And that was a moment when I started really resenting him and hating him. And hate's a strong word, but it's the right word. And I know for all of you listening to this right now that don't know me, I'm sorry, it sounds like a sob story, but it's my story. And I need to stop apologizing for it because it has made me who I am as a person. After having my daughter, I went back to school after, I want to say a month, and I had every complication with her at home as well. It was not an easy first three months of her life for either her or me. But when I went back to school, we all had to take this introduction to computers class and everyone ended up having almost the exact same username with the same password so you can see where the story is going. I was sitting down at the computer doing my assignment and I when I was sitting there I noticed that my name wasn't popping up for all of the completed items and I was confused. And then I went to my profile and I saw that someone changed my name. 
they changed my name to Rape Baby. And for a split second, I completely lost it. I stood up and I slammed on the desk and I said, if I find out whoever did this, I'm just going to beat your ass. <laughs> Which probably was not the smartest decision on my part, but I was just so over people being terrible to me. And the rumors in the hallway, they didn't stop. And just everyone kept on telling me how my daughter's father was cheating on me with so-and-so and just kept on dragging it out. And I already knew all of it. I mean, I wasn't an idiot. He was using my phone. I could go into the search history and see all the people that he was talking to. But I just thought that for my daughter's best interest, that she should have a father in her life. And it wasn't shortly after when the domestic violence started happening. Because I would accuse him of cheating on me. I would accuse him of just not being a good person. And at first it started with verbal accusations and um, verbal abuse. And then it quickly turned into mental and before it ever hit physical. And there was just this moment of where I couldn't talk to any guy because I guess he had a guilty conscience looking back at it. But I, I couldn't talk to anyone that was male. I couldn't associate with. And growing up with four older brothers, I have always been more... I, I've always gravitated to hang out with guys more than girls because girls are catty and they are shady. And not that guys aren't, but I've always had more guy friends than girlfriends. And my daughter's father made me cut everyone off. So once again, I was alone. He even made me cut off my father. And on the very last day of school, not freshman year, but of high school, I ended up reading a note that I wrote to myself freshman year. And in it, I, I started crying as soon as I read it because... I was talking about how I just hope you'll be able to stand up to our dad one day. And that was so twisted. It's not even funny. Like how messed up I had to be to write something like that. It's just beyond words. And reading all of the stuff that I used to write when I was with him it really makes my heart hurt because I just wasn't myself. And I'm still trying to figure out who myself is because I I became so numb to everything that was going on that the thought of taking my own life seemed appealing. There's a lot more that happened during that time span, but I'll probably address all of the individual acts that happen in later episodes during this series but I've never felt more alone in my life and 
he ended up convincing me that my daughter would be better off without me. So, on October 23rd of 2017, I tried to take my own life. And I was almost successful. And that hurts. During that time frame, I ended up getting a job at a local company. And I wanted to work just so I didn't have to be home. So I would take up extra hours, extra shifts. I would, anytime someone would say, hey, Mary, can you cover a shift? I would say yes, because I just didn't want to be at home. And there was a couple times where um, something really bad would happen at home and I'd have to go to work. And I, um, I, I would just cry in the bathroom at work and then I'd get back to it. And then to compensate for how out of control I was of my own situation, I tried to act like someone that I wasn't. I acted all tough and I would make jokes and I would just insult everyone, but as a joking standpoint, because for once I felt like I could be someone that I wasn't and I could act like just someone that was confident and someone that could joke around about things and mess around with people and it got to the point where I was working so much where my daughter's father was jealous of me going to work and then would accuse me of just wanting to go to work to talk to guys and just wanting to get away from him and yes I wanted to go to work to get away from him And I missed out on so much with my daughter because of it. But I, w I would go anywhere just not to be home. Because I knew the minute that I got home, I was going to have an argument. And I would count down the days where... I would count down the days where we wouldn't have arguments. And then before I knew... it was just another argument and I just never felt more broken in my entire life. And I couldn't leave him because he kept saying that if I tried to leave him, that I he would kill himself, that if I ever found someone else that he would kill me and kill the guy and he wasn't afraid to go to jail and he wasn't afraid to hurt himself. He wasn't afraid of any of that. And that's why I thought that everyone would just be better off if I was dead. Life would be easier for everyone because I felt like I was a burden. I felt like I just wasn't worth space, I wasn't worth time, I wasn't worth anything. And I started working at the company that I work for on July 12th of 2017. And when I tried to take my own life on October 23rd of 2017, I went to work the next day and 
I started wearing long sleeves for a very long time because I didn't want anyone to see what was going on because I had bruises all over me and I just had this really bad gash in my arm that I gave to myself and my daughter's father would hold that against me. He held it over my head. He told me that he'd have our little one taken away because I tried to kill myself. He would threaten me with it all the time and he said, if you ever leave me, I'll tell everyone that you're unstable. I'll tell everyone that you're just a depressing human being. I'll tell everyone that you're not worth it and I'll get our daughter taken away. I'll make sure that she ends up in foster care. I'll make sure that you never see her again. And that's why I stayed with him for so long. That's why I felt like I couldn't leave because if I left him, he would do all of these things. And it would just, I don't know how I put up with it for so long. I don't. I'm sorry, I am tearing up right now and you guys can probably tell by how shaky my voice is, but that's the first time I've admitted it to myself and said it out loud. So I stayed with him. I stayed with him until... I don't even remember when he left. I know it was winter, but... And... That's another reason why I just want to move out of the area where I live because everyone knows me. Everyone knows the situation I went through. Or at least they think they know what I went through. And my daughter's father has a lot of people around this area that still will try to reach out and contact me. And I just don't want to be here anymore. I want what's best for my daughter. I just want to make sure that she doesn't have to go through any of the any situation that I went through and I just want what's best for her and I I don't know how to go about life right now I'm trying my best but I really don't and I almost ended up losing my job because of my daughter's father this happened um when he was um when it it was the last two weeks of him living with me. There was a big fight, and this is the first time I'm admitting it on, um, in a recording or just admitting it in general. Like, I've told people about this, but this is the first time I'm actually coming out about this situation. So there was a lot of situations where he would, um, lay his hands on me and hurt me, and he would tell me that no one would believe me, that I, that he would tell everyone that I just gave them to myself, that I was just hurting myself because I was crazy and how I was unstable and I was bipolar and how I needed help and I was off my meds. Because during that time frame, I was taking medication for anxiety and depression because I was anxious and I was depressed because every single day I went home, I would have to deal with some accusation being being thrown my way and I just didn't want to be alive anymore and he held that against me and I feel extremely guilty for it because my little one deserves better than that 
and that's why I'm so hard on myself about being a good mother because I feel like I'm not. Because I went through that and I was willing to leave her alone in this world. And I'm sorry. That's why I apologize all the time too because I was so used to just apologizing for everything. So that's why I say I'm sorry because even if I looked at someone or just acknowledged or said hi, like the next thing I knew, I, I would just be getting hit later and or being grabbed or being choked and like there was this one time I was interested in someone and I wanted to leave my daughter's father and he found out about it and I ended up getting he he ended up choking me and and I'm sorry I need to pause this for a minute and collect myself I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to get so emotional for you guys. Um, you guys probably don't even care about any of this. Um, but there was a time when I was going to leave my daughter's father and he knew about it. And this was before um, everything that happened with me almost losing my job because of him. And he ended up finding out that I was talking to someone and telling that person that I wanted to leave him so he accused me of it and he ended up threatening me saying that if I leave him that he was going to kill me and he ended up choking me until a minute I couldn't breathe and then when he let go I fell to the ground and he kicked me in my stomach and, and, and then I gave him a hug afterwards and told him I would never leave him. And I don't know why I did that. I really don't. Because he told me that he was going to end his life. That it just, and all of this was happening when it was raining outside. So it was something like it was out of a movie, which is just disgusting. And he told me that he was going to end his life, that it wasn't worth living if I wasn't in his life. And I gave him a hug and I told him, no, don't do that. You can't do that. It's not worth it. I'm not worth it. And looking back at it, it was all just mind games to control me. And that's not right. Now, going back to the time where I almost lost my job. He ended up coming in after we threw him out and this was the very pinnacle of him leaving and getting thrown out of my house. Um, I wanted my little girl to go to a birthday party for one of her cousins and we ended up not being able to because he didn't want her to and I had to go to work that day so I wasn't going to be there so it was just going to be my daughter and my mother that went because my brother does not like him and for good reason he could see through his facade and he was not welcome at the parties anymore with my family so then I wasn't allowed to go because he wasn't allowed to be there and if he wasn't allowed to go then why should his daughter go 
and that was the little leeway that he would try to spin. What ended up happening was um, I ended up having to go to work and I said, well, I'm not going to say his name, but well, so-and-so. I want my daughter to go to this party. She is going, she has to spend time with family. I'm, I don't want her to be isolated from them. I want her to know her cousins and, and, and so I wanted her to go. And this sounds so trivial now, but this is, and it sounds like I'm making this up, but I swear I'm not. This actually happened. And he told me no. And I was getting ready in my work uniform. And at the time, a close friend of mine was working for the same company that I was. And she was already at work and asking why I was running late. And I asked her to tell them that I was going to be late because there was an issue happening. And I was getting ready, putting on my work uniform and getting my purse and my mom was getting my daughter ready for the party. And he ended up taking my purse and throwing it across the room saying, you're not leaving me, you're not leaving, we're talking about this now, I don't care if you lose your job, I hope you lose your job, that way you just know how good for nothing you are. And he threw my purse across the room, so I ran to go get it. And then he locked himself with me in my bedroom and he threw me onto the ground and my mom heard me scream. So she ran to the room and tried to get in and he wouldn't let her in. And I was just laying there on the floor crying. And he kept telling me to shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And then um, I was I, I was telling him, I, I just need to go to work. I, I just, I just need to go to work. I, I'm going to lose my job. And he said, good, I hope you lose your job. I'll make sure you lose your job. And I just needed to get out of there, but I was trapped in my room, not able to leave. And I was getting all of the contents that poured out of my purse. And then, um, then, um, my mom ended up almost breaking the door down to get to me and he ended up closing the door on her face pushing her away and then she stumbled back into um the living room of my house and he proceeded to hit her and i i ran i ran for it and um during this time frame he ended up calling the police on us the irony of that that's that's something that he used to do all the time too. He would he would call the police on us and then spin the story saying that we were crazy. Like how manipulative do you have to be to do that sadistic shit? I'm sorry for swearing, but then again I'm not because it was messed up. So that's why I didn't leave because he kept on threatening that he was going to get my daughter taken away. He was going to make me lose my job and I just never felt more trapped in my entire life. And I'm sorry for everyone that had to 
go through that with me. But I ended up, the cops ended up coming, so I was really, really late to work. And when I got to work, I ended up, we, um, When I got to work, I ended up telling my best friend about it, and I never cry at work, but I cried at work. And um, we ended up throwing him out of our house. And the police officer drove him to my work and dropped him off. I don't know why, like in what right mind you would have to be to be a police officer and drop him off at my work. But they, he said that you need to come outside. I said, no, I can't. I'm at work right now. I can't go outside. But the police want your statement about everything that happened. I said, can you just go? I don't want to talk right now. I'm trying to focus on my shift. I'm I'm just trying to get through the day. And then, um, so he left. Then he just was sitting there waiting for me. When I got out of work, he told me that I couldn't go home. I said, but I'm going home. And he said I couldn't, and he shattered my phone, so I wouldn't be able to use it. And they ended up, um, he ended up calling his uncle, and they drove me to a friend of mine's house, and I couldn't go home. And he threatened me that you can't go to the police, you can't make a statement unless you tell me what your statement is right now because I'm not getting in trouble for you and your mom being pieces of shit and and went to my friend's house and the police officer showed up and I gave a statement that wasn't even 100% completely true and that's why it got dropped because I was scared that he was gonna end up killing me. So then the next day I went to work and there he was again and during this time span, he ended up um, just sitting there watching me, not ordering anything, just watching me work. And I've never been more uncomfortable in my entire life just seeing him stare at me. And I, I was scared. I was wearing long sleeves again because I had bruises all the way up my arms from him. And I just was scared. And then a manager said, hey, your boyfriend's here. And then I casually said, he's not my boyfriend. So then my manager asked him to leave. He wouldn't leave. And then he ended up saying he's not leaving till he talks to me. I didn't want to talk to him. I just wanted to die. I just didn't want to be there. I wanted to just disappear. And he ended up coming up to where I was working and he grabbed me. And he said, we're fucking talking right now. I'm not leaving here, this, that, whatever. And then my manager ended up escorting him out. And after he was escorted out he kept posting stuff on social media about me how I'm a terrible mother how I'm suicidal how he's worried about his daughter's safety 
and it was just a very, very dark time. But that's how I ended up leaving him. And during that whole entire time span from 2016 to 2017, I just wanted something to happen so I could leave him because I felt trapped and I felt scared that if I left him that he would kill me. And in the next episode, I'll talk about one of the moments where I actually thought that he was going to kill me. And I've never been more scared of my life. But that's just some stuff that happened to me. And I'm making this podcast because I want people out there to know that you're not alone. And you don't have to go through all of that stuff alone. And I've been through it. I know how it feels. I, And I just want what's best for you. I want you to get out of it as quickly as you can. Because it doesn't get better. It only gets worse. And I kept on trying to reason with myself during that time span that, oh, it'll get better if you do this. It'll get better if you do that. It'll get better if you just stop acting like yourself and become a person that you're not when that's not true at all. You need to be the best person you can be and you need to get away from these toxic people because you can't fix them. So please don't waste your time trying to fix them. And if you are going through a situation similar to what I went through whether it be just depression or domestic violence or any of that, just know there is a way out and you can help yourself. You can. You're not alone. Talk to someone. Tell them how you are feeling. Tell them what's going on. Because I never told anybody. I went through all of that alone. No one knew what was going on. Everyone thought they knew what was going on, but no one did because no one was in my shoes. And you just need to know what's best for you and what's best for your life and what's best for your family. Or if you have kids, you need to do what's best for them. Everything else comes second. And never put someone else's happiness over yours. Thank you for listening to my story. And I'm sorry that this was one hell of a way to start a first episode and it probably seems like it's all over the place, but I appreciate you for listening if you made it to this far. And I promise that there will be lighter episodes coming on, but I just had to start with that. Thank you. Bye, stranger.